AMD rips a thread, Xbox pushes a dream, and we ask the question, is 400 million enough? Happy Friday, friends. The week has come. The week is gone. It has been, uh, we're wrapping up Techtember, Techtober, whatever you want to call it. I can't believe October is somehow like nearly over. We've got Halloween. We've got spooky things on the horizon. We don't really have spooky things on the horizon. Uh, but there's obviously tech news. There's a lot of new chips coming out. Xbox pushed out a dream. And let's just dive in. Hopefully at a wonderful week. Let's get started here. So Intel showed off their 14th gen processors recently. And all the benchmarks are showing that's roughly like a 6% gain. I, I think the bigger story here is that there really wasn't any NPU action noise or conversation at all. And that was kind of expected here with the upcoming like AI functionality. We're going to probably see some stuff from Qualcomm with their Snapdragon X uh, next week because they've got their summit. I think it's out in Hawaii or something like that. And so Intel not doing that. And honestly, it just felt like a pretty ho-hum like rev, right? I mean, it's really, it's the same architecture. It's just a clock boost and the, like some more threads unless there's something obvious missing it just kind of looks bleh. like i don't know it's just it is what it is anyways so amd i don't know if they knew this or not but could not have timed their announcement any better they announced these and i shouldn't say bad boys bad boys and bad girls whatever you want to call them AMD is bringing back the Threadripper. Now, Threadripper is a high-end CPU, potentially the most cores ever on a CPU. I don't know if that's completely true because there's some crazy ones back in the day. But for a consumer PC and something that you can just go buy and plunk off the shelf and drop into a MOBO, uh, AMD is bringing back Threadripper. Now, these things are not cheap. They're the 7000 series, and they're going to start at $1,500. That is, that's a lot of money. But you can equip this with all the way up to 64 cores. 64 cores and 128 threads. Insane. I'm very curious what the uh, the power ratio is, how much wattage. I mean, are you going to need a nuclear reactor to run this kind of stuff? It doesn't matter. The reality here is that AMD is coming out swinging hard with these high-end chips while AMD just or Intel just announced their 14th gen, which don't look all that great now that being said thread rippers are significantly more expensive than intel so you got to keep that in mind that in some cases they're three times as much but you're also getting a, a vastly superior chip and uh yeah these things will hit in november and so again thread ripper is back thread rippers alive and well which is great for the the hardcore enthusiasts, the people who need and demand the most highest level of performance. Go pick yourself up a 7980X. Now you're going to need a small fortune to do that, and you're probably going to need a, at least a thousand watt power supply, if not even more. Who knows? Good lord! Pair that with like a 4090. Uh, your lights are going to dim when that thing's running some blenders. Uh, but either way, the, the stuff is coming. I think it's fantastic. I love this super high-end stuff, even if it's not feasible or reasonable. Uh, I still have this weird desire to build a small form factor PC. I, I'm Realistically, I'm waiting for Windows 12 to drop and we get the actual spec requirements from Windows 12 because my boxes are starting to age a little bit here. The box that I'm currently recording this on, which I really, well, I might replace it, but it's still, it can only run Windows 10. And my primary device upstairs, it barely scraped by to get Windows 11. So I'm assuming that if Microsoft raises the bar at all for what Windows 12 requirements will be, I'm going to be out of luck and going to need a new device for my primary driver, which means this box would probably get retired or something like that. And I bring my Windows 11 box. That is all. It doesn't really matter. 
So I want to wait and see what those specs are and then make sure that whatever I build or do or along that line uh, will will work out for the long haul. At least that's the hope. Um, Amazon reportedly signed a deal with Microsoft for a more than a million Microsoft 365 seats. So this is a supposedly a billion dollar year or a year, billion dollar deal over five years or something like that. And that, that's significant. Now, I don't know if Microsoft slash Amazon are ever going to announce this. I can't see Amazon announcing it because that, right, Amazon has their own or had their own internal stuff called like Chime. Clearly, that just didn't work out. And maybe they realized like, hey, rolling your own stuff, becoming a productivity player just isn't in the works for Amazon. They're going to stick with AWS and Microsoft wins at that. Uh, but Amazon's not going to promote that. And they might tell Microsoft like, hey, you can't promote this either. So look on the lookout for potentially the next quarter earnings where they say an unnamed third party uh, purchased a significant number of seats. So something like that. Now, more super interesting, according to Windows Central, and I can collaborate this, uh, is that Windows 11 has passed more than 400 million monthly active devices. Now, super also important with this is actually Satya Nadella posted his annual letter on LinkedIn. And in that, he actually says, hey, Windows 11 more than doubled in the past year. And so the question becomes, is 400 million Windows 11 devices, is that good? Like, like candidly, like, is that good? We, we know that Microsoft said last year there were about roughly 1.4 billion active Windows devices, which means there's about a billion active Windows 10-ish devices. I'm sure there's some small fraction of Windows 7, some crazy other Windows CE stuff still farting around in there. But you like, not, okay, let's, let's be super generous and say there's 100 million of that. So 900 million Windows 10 devices versus 400 million, something like that. Of Windows 11. Now, on one hand, 400 million, given the fact that Microsoft had to raise the bar for the hardware requirements, thus the reason why this box does not support Windows 11, is naturally going to limit what is going to happen to the upgrade rate, right? Now, we've also heard realistically, if you go on any forum or Twitter, Reddit, whatever you want to look at, Facebook, I'm sure too, people are complaining like Microsoft's being real aggressive about trying to get people to upgrade to Windows 11. Now, I suspect that's going to continue to amplify in intensity here because Roughly speaking, assuming that Windows 12 would launch on a cadence similar to Windows 11 means we should be getting it about a year from now, something like that, uh, which would give you basically a year of Windows 12 availability before the general support for Windows 10 would end. There'd be a year overlap there. What is what is Microsoft going to do? Like, there's no way that all of the outstanding Windows 10 devices are going to upgrade to Windows 11 because like, like the device I'm using right now quite literally is blocked. So what happens to this box that I am recording on? Like, I, I what happens to it? It's still going to continue to run and function. Obviously, I'm not going to get updates. Microsoft's going to find itself in a precarious position where they've got this out, you know, outgoing OS that they can't get enough people off of. They might just say, Good luck. Have fun. We'll catch you later. Are they going to charge consumers like myself for support? We don't know. We don't know. This is a super interesting. Are they going to extend support? Are they just going to say, screw it. Windows is Windows. We'll continue to press updates for everybody. And uh, that's just the way it is. You don't have to move. Microsoft is in the business of making money. I can't see them doing that for consumers because at the end of the day, they want you to buy hardware. HP, Lenovo, Dell, they all want desperately these billion roughly-ish devices, 900 million, whatever number you want, to move, to upgrade. They want that to happen. And so there's a big economic incentive for that to happen. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going to happen. This is going to be, this is going to be, this, this is... I, th I believe the numbers are actually going to be worse than Windows 7. Remember or XP to 7, right? All that stuff, everybody clinging on to XP because they didn't want to upgrade because it was such a fiasco. Now, granted, the migrations from 10 to 12 or 10 to 11 are much less severe and much less cumbersome than what XP to 7 was. 
but the point being that the number of outstanding devices that are unsupported is uh, it's pretty significant. And coupled to that, and I have to think that these things are related. I really do. Uh, Windows 7 keys will no longer work. Realistically, if you need to activate Windows and you don't have a key, you got to buy a new one. You can't go grab a 7 or 8 key anymore. And I think this is all related. I think Microsoft's looking at the looking at that list and going like, man, we got all these devices that are unsupported. We don't want them to just move to Windows 11 for free at this point. We've we've tried. Like, you know what they're going to say? Look, in a conference room, look, people, we tried. We tried our best. We gave them all the opportunity to upgrade. They didn't want to do it while it was free. And we're sorry. You, you, had, a, you had two years to do it and you didn't. So now you got to buy a key and we got to make money. I... I bet that that's part of the conversation they're like 900 million a billion devices times 20 bucks or whatever the going rate is for that upgrade i mean that that adds up that's a significant stream of revenue so there you go i i, I think that i do think these things are related and so microsoft i don't think will ever admit that but come on guys like anybody listening to this is not dumb uh like you can see why they would do this so either way that's that i i think 400 million windows 11 is actually decent i i wouldn't say it's exceptional uh just because of it's not there's so many windows 10 devices out there but i don't think it's like if it was 100 million oof, that'd be rough that'd be really rough so uh, also other things happening in the world of Microsoft and Windows, uh, the Windows Store now loads significantly faster. Unlike its cousin, the File Explorer, which is a you, you click and wait experience, the Windows Store is getting faster and faster at loading time. So there you go. Uh, on to the gaming news, because there is gaming news to talk about here. So the FTC is still unhappy with this whole merger thing, or acquisition of Activision Blizzard Xbox. is now Xbox du- Xbox Duty, Xbox Call of Duty, Xbox Diablo. Like, that, that is a thing now. It's Microsoft Diablo 4. That is a thing. FTC doesn't want it to be a thing, and they're going to try to fight. I, they're going to try to fight it. But the reality here is, I think it's it's not even an uphill battle. It's like there's a big moat and then an uphill. Uh, at this point, I don't think they're going to do anything. It's more just noise. So, other things happening here is Microsoft. If you're on the video side, uh, they debuted a new commercial, and so yeah, they're, the power of your dreams is coming back. And uh, I, I don't want to dive like watch this whole thing if you're on the video side. Uh, but the whole idea here is that they're, they're reviving power of your dreams, and they have this. It, it's a commercial, but I mean it's like three minutes long or something like that, so it's not long. I do want to point out one very specific thing. There is a sequence in this video where the individual, the the actor, she goes into an elevator and punches in a random code or or there's random lights shining on the elevator buttons. Now, like any good Xbox connoisseur or person who just enjoys these things, the first thing you think is like, Mason, what do the numbers mean? What do they mean, Mason? Um, That is, they don't mean anything. John Muncy over at Microsoft said, look, there's no Easter egg at this time. He said, the last time we did that, it led to a discovery of a random Reddit post featuring a magazine with a $400 device on the cover, and everyone thought that would be the price of the Series X. So you should go watch the video if you like the Power of Your Dreams stuff. It's pretty well done. It's just, it's a commercial at the end of the day. I mean, there's nothing exceptional in there. Uh, what I think Hellblade 2 was shown off, so maybe that's notable uh, for everybody. But either way, uh, Power Your Dreams is back, and so just keep that in mind. 
Just keep that in mind. Uh, other interesting things happening in the world of Xbox Starfield, little surprise, was the best-selling game in September, according to a couple different publications. So uh, just that's good for Microsoft, right? You sell a game, you make a dollar. That's the point of business at the end of the day. And uh, uh, finally, wrapping it up here, Phil Spencer says, do not expect Activision games to arrive on Xbox before 2024. And that is that. So no Call of Duty. If you're planning to, to play the duty of call as I am this fall, you will need to buy it to join us all. I didn't really intend for that to rhyme, but you know what? It's just been a, it's been a whatever. It has been a whatever. So on to the questions this week, my friends, because they are great. So Greg Edwards jumps in and says, back in the summer, Google launched a Pixel tablet, which was designed to sort of replace their Nest Home Hub uh, conceptually. It's a good tablet, but I don't really think it caught fire in the way that Google would hope. Then a few weeks ago, the Google Pixel 8 and Pro and Watch 2 event, I think a lot of folks were like, I fall into this bucket, were hoping to see some Nest and Home products, such as a Chromecast, more Nest speakers, cameras, locks, sensors, the whole thing. What do you make? of this this relative death of these smart home devices from google like i fall into this bucket. i've got a bunch of nest cameras i would love to see them continuing to invest in this right remember the nest thermostat i think that's what a lot of people like myself got into that ecosystem right it was a nice it was different google acquired that company and then all of a sudden they have this ecosystem of products but now it just feels like it's stagnated there's another company out there called ecobee uh well i do not have any of their products and i cannot tell you the quality and or disquality or customer service or anything about it they continue to innovate much better than Google Nest has done, where Nest has sort of just flatlined. Ecobee uh, continues to put out impressive products. And so that would be a space that you might want to look at if you are not in the smart home. I think most of us have a, a lot of us, I should say, have things like this. Uh, but yeah. The Nest Home products, like I think they work great, and I'm too far down the rabbit hole. Like I don't want to replace all the cameras that I have and the, the thermostat and other things, but there's nothing exciting coming from them. I don't really know. And so, um, yeah, I would love to see them just continue to release anything for <laughs> for it. Uh, their last kind of last big update, if I remember correctly, was their Nest IQ cameras, which upped their resolution to 4K and did some better facial recognition and other things like that. But not a whole lot else. Um, I'm really, I don't know. I, I think Google had a play here with Nest. I think Nest was a great brand. But at the end of the day, Google, like many things, probably just got bored with it. I don't, I don't know. The fact that we didn't see anything this fall and we didn't see anything from the Pixel event or even I.O. for that matter. It doesn't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's a, it's a great question, honestly. Mad Thinus says, is it just me or does the 400 million number for Windows 11 users surprise anybody? I thought it would be less, yet at 28% market share of Windows total 1.4 billion users, that's still a large audience that is the mostly treated badly by Microsoft. Yes, Windows 11 users like myself and yourself and people listening to this, you get thrashed around with updates and everything else. Now, Microsoft uh, behind the curtains was actually saying like, part of the reason we think it's doing so well is all of these frequent updates. I don't know if I agree with that. That's our, you know, you can you can do whatever you want. Apparently, the 400 million numbers is actually trending higher than Microsoft was expecting at this time. So there is some validity to that. And so, it, like I said previously in the podcast, um, it does surprise me a little bit. I think it's a little bit more rosy. But again, like it's you're looking at the the number, which is fine. 400 million is not nothing. Like that, let's be real here. 400 million monthly active devices. That's a lot of people. Like that's a lot. That's 400 million 
maybe not 400 million people, but 400 million devices. Like I account for several <laughs> of those MAUs, uh, but let's just say it's 300 million people. I don't know what the number is. It doesn't matter. It's still an impressive number that Microsoft has been able to move to this new operating system, despite the fact that they really jacked around uh, the requirements for the hardware. Mr. PKI dropping two questions. You said he said you mentioned that Windows 12 is about a year away, based on the Windows 10 support expiration. When will we start seeing preview releases? Does not <laughs> uh, does Windows not need at least a year in beta or insider testing, or is that the past? Uh, so here we go. My expectation would be that they follow a similar pathway to what they did with Windows 11. So my expectation currently is that we'd probably see something in the June timeframe and a release in the October to November window, something like that. We're no longer in the Windows 7, Windows 8 days where we're going to get that long gestation period. Microsoft has very clearly indicated that that is not going to happen. I also think that because Windows 12 is really the basis of it is the canary build that we're seeing out uh, in the world right now. Maybe Microsoft is getting that longer gestational period because like, look, these things are already hitting the canary build, at least in some capacity. So it's not a clean, it's not like the old days where it's like, here's the cleaver, boom. And then all these features, like it's a really just a blended reality of what Windows is. It's this continuously evolving thing. And what's the difference between the two? It'll probably be some UI functionality and potentially hardware limitations that we may or may not know about. Um, so yeah, I, I would expect June, probably maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a tease of it at build. That would be a reasonable time. Build happens in May, gets announced in June or released in June, and then we're off to the races just like last time. Uh, Mr. PKI's second question, he says, what is all this noise at the Windows MVP being canceled? So there was a Windows Insider MVP program, and apparently it has gone the way of the Dodo. Now, those people who were in, in that program apparently are given an opportunity to go into the proper MVP program. I am not an Insider MVP nor an MVP, and so I can't give you the full details about like what you could migrate to, but being an Microsoft MVP is a relatively big deal. It's a good accolade to have, especially if you're in the IT space. But the MVP Insider program is finito. So, yeah. And Sarah Duguay, I, th I think is how you pronounce her name. Uh, when is the next big update due for Start 11? So, okay. So, I, I full transparency, when I work at the company. I lead the team that builds Start 11, which is a start menu replacement. I think it's awesome. I think it's fantastic. Uh, we are on the cusp of announcing our biggest update for the product, uh, potentially ever, other than maybe the announcement of like, or like bringing Start 8 to market many, many, many years ago. Uh, this is a very big update. New features are coming. Uh, a lot of new features, actually. I think, yeah, at least around a dozen or so, I think, at the end of the day. Um, I don't want to say when I think it's going to hit the market because we got to do, we're still in the bug testing and smashing phase. I'm running it on this box right now that I'm looking at. It should be, we should be announced and hopefully available before the end of the month. That is, that is what my team is pushing towards. And I think we should be able to hit that. And so I'm super excited about this. I'll, I'll do some talking about it and uh, building, building apps for windows and, and being grateful enough to be in a position where I can help, you know, like if there's something about windows, I don't like, I can go to the team and be like, how do we fix this? And that is what we are doing with start, start the, the next version of it. So I almost said the name. I almost said the name. You almost got me there. So there you go. That wraps it up for this week, my friends. That wraps it up. It's been a good, it's been a good day. 
been a, yeah, been a good day. Oh, speaking of speaking of a good day or good week, I should say, uh, my company also released Star <laughs> Starhawk released Galactic Civilization Four. You can find it now. That is available on Steam. Uh, I did some beta testing and gave them some feedback. That is not my team. That's the other side of the company. But I do get to see a lot of game dev uh, from my position at the company, which is super cool to see. I'll link that down in the description below. And as always, my friends, thanks for tuning in and keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this channel is me.